It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon, live from Tampa, Florida. Shay, how are you doing today? I'm in the boardroom. I'm, uh, we've uh, I've been promoted. I'm not at the head of the table, but off the table. I'll get to the board table soon. I am tucked away in a Tampa hotel uh, in the only quiet spot I could find to do the podcast. So hopefully yes. the Saints team doesn't come bursting in here at some point. They should be at the game. Yeah. Uh, well, last year you had a bunch of Cheez-It packages with you. ReliQuest, did, did they come through with anything? Any gifts? Yeah, no, there's cybersecurity, so uh, I think just <laughs> good Wi-Fi. Uh, and we got a little mini helmet, so that was it. Nothing okay. big. Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl really addicted me to Cheez-Its for a good year. And I think the Pop-Tart Bowl might have done that, even though I didn't attend it. Just some great marketing there. I cannot wait to get home and buy some Pop-Tarts. I've not eaten a Pop-Tart in 15 years, but now I'm eager to try one. 15 years. Yeah, I don't think they've changed. I don't think they've changed uh, from when I was a kid, so... Yeah. Well, that's the debate. What is the number one flavor of Pop-Tart is what everyone's after now. I'm, I'm frosted strawberry, probably. I mean, that's the, ba- that's the number one pick usually. I think that's like the, the consensus. Like, all right, this is – we're getting Pop-Tarts. That's kind of what you think of with the Pop-Tart. Um, but I've had, a good, I've had a lot of different Pop-Tarts. When I was a kid, I used to love the S'mores Pop-Tart. Yeah, people are, people are talking about the S'mores. Really? Yeah, S'mores, um, really just anything that tasted like it was Would a Would you eat a Pop-Tart that didn't have any frosting? Well, I went, to, Pop-Tart. I went to an after-school program in elementary school, and they gave us unfrosted, uh, singular, one unfrosted Pop-Tart, strawberry. Every every time, so or not every time, but a lot of times. So yes, I have experienced that. Um, it wasn't great. I wouldn't do no. it now. No, I wouldn't do it now. Um, all right, we have a bowl game to preview here: LSU and Wisconsin. Uh, LSU, obviously, um, you know we've covered them throughout the year. To me, this was interesting to get to know this Wisconsin team. Uh, in the year seven and five overall, five and four in conference play. Uh, we'll talk about them a bit more in the matchup ahead. Uh, I do want to start with an availability report um, on LSU side of things. We knew Jaden Daniels was not going to play, but the big thing throughout camp was everybody else is practicing. Everybody else is available. And then they make the trip to Tampa and everybody's there except for one name. And that is Lance Hurd, uh, former five-star offensive lineman, offensive tackle. Uh, Shea breaks the news. Shea did a great job reporting that. Um, just, I guess, do you want to give just overall thoughts and just, you know, where we're at right now with the Lance Hurd situation? Yeah, he's not with the team. It seems from what Billy talked to Lance, we talked to a number of sources, and then Brian Kelly even came out and said it, and all of it sort of matched up is that he's at home, he's mulling over his decision or future with the program, and Brian Kelly said they would pick up those conversations with him and his family. When they got done with the bowl, Kelly wanted to focus on the guys that were here, uh, and that made it pretty clear that at some point in the past week or so, because I was at the team event when they went to Walmart and bought toys for the kids and Lance was there. So 
he's been practicing. He's been out there, but I guess can't, there came a point where he, he said, or they got into a discussion about what his future was on the offensive line. Obviously he did not get a starting job as a true freshman, but then again, Matty B, all five of the starters stayed the same five starters all season. They were Joe Moore award finalists. So there wasn't any, rallying cried like that Brad Davis was not choosing the right five guys. I think we're in a situation now where you look forward. It, Will Campbell's your left tackle. Like he's not going to be playing left tackle for LSU. Emory Jones is your right tackle. Do you kick him inside to play guard? We don't even know what Miles Frazier and Gary Dellinger are going to do. Your two guards, they haven't said whether or not they're coming back or going pro. So I guess for Lance Hurd, he's in a situation where he's wondering, am I going to be able to be a starter next year? Or do all these guys come back? I can't speak for him on how he's mulling over his future. My guess, Matty B, is that one of Dellinger or Frazier does go pro. Um, but again, neither of them said it yet. And uh, I think this one plays out until at least they make their decisions. I don't think Lance Hurd would make a decision to leave LSU. And then all of a sudden, you know, Frazier and Dellinger both go pro. And it'd be like, why'd you leave? You could just be starting right now. So. Yeah. I don't know if it's a position thing, like I have to play left tackle or I have to play one of the tackle spots, but it's evident at this point that he's mulling over his future. Yeah, it's it's like you said, that is what I think a lot of LSU fans are, are worried about is him leaving and then one of, if not both, of Frazier and uh, Dellinger leaving, which would, would give them – again, I still like like the depth they have and we like the, the incoming freshman class they have. Um, so the offensive line is not would not be a concern if that did happen, but – you go from it being, you know, one of the three best in the country this year, like flat out Oregon, Michigan, LSU. Those are the three best offensive lines, and they were the entire year. To now, it's like, all right, we wish we would have had this extra piece, and then also for the future because Hurd is only a freshman. You know, we assume Will Campbell will go pro after his junior year, like he's that good. Um, Emory Jones very well could go pro after his junior year. He's that good, and it would be very nice for Hurd to slide in. Um, I think we've seen him with like Alabama has done a good job uh, with guys at running back, offensive line, you know, quarterback, maybe even uh, receiver, where they do a good job of keeping them freshman and sophomore year, and then junior years their kind of breakout year, and boom, they're drafted in the first, second, third round, and uh, you're like, oh, this guy came out of nowhere, when really he was a former five star and he's always been there. But um, so that's why I think LSU is really trying to get. It's harder nowadays with everything going on in transfer portal and NIL and stuff, but I, uh, it, this is, this is a big deal to me. I, I do want, to me, this is a pretty big deal. I think he's this, he's a great player and it would, it would hurt to lose him. Well, and O linemen don't grow. We've been spoiled. These, these five-star high profile linemen don't usually grow on trees in Louisiana. And we've got Will yeah. Campbell, Emory Jones, and now you've got Zaylon's Hurd. So they've had a run on really, really good offensive linemen who can play the tackle position and they've gotten them all. So yes, you could have maybe envisioned that at some point you'd run into a situation where not all of them are gonna be on the field at the same time. And we're seeing that right now. Uh, but again, it's his freshman year, I'm with you. It is a big deal because you wanna be building depth that then you can put into you know, sophomore, junior seasons where they're starting to have full-time roles. And I think he was growing towards that. It won't surprise me if he comes back, but then again, I. I fully understand uh, that him not being here isn't a great look for the potential future between LSU and Hurd. Yeah, and he did play. Uh, I mean, he played in every game this year, and I think he got a start. I mean, 
and Army. next year, even if he doesn't, even if he wouldn't be like, I understand you can't guarantee him the starting job or anything, but in theory, even if he didn't start, I think he would play closer to like 300 snaps at next year. It's not like he would be riding the bench. He'd be getting a good amount of snaps, even if he wasn't the starter. Yeah. And look, again, he got one start this year. He got to play some, you know, when they were in games that they were winning and he rotated in, but I also, and look, we'll see after the bowl, what transpires here. I'm in the camp that Brad Davis, like he shouldn't, I'm with the starting five he had this year. I don't think that any of them should have been on the bench. So if yeah. that is affecting Hurd's decision, what happened this year, I've got to side with Brad Davis on this one. Yeah, and and they stayed healthy. And inc- yeah. like incredibly and healthy. Incredibly healthy this year. So, um, all right, we can flip it over um, to the Wisconsin side real quick. Obviously, we, are, we don't cover the Wisconsin team throughout the year. Um, I read some articles, looked up some stuff, because obviously in bowl season – Obviously, Georgia just beat Florida State 63-3. to So it, it is a situation where every bowl game has to be monitored with opt-outs and who's playing and who's not. Wisconsin, I think, is in pretty good shape relative to the competition. Um, Braylon Allen, the star running back, is is not playing. He's preparing for the NFL draft. He's going to go in probably like the second round, one of the first running backs taken. Uh, center Tanner uh, Bordellini was, I believe, their highest-rated player on PFF as far as offensive lineman goes. And then nickel corner Jason uh, Maitre, uh has opted out to begin training for the NFL draft as well. So that's three of their best players not playing. However, they – and um, I do also want to mention, I think their second or third receiver, Tremere, D, uh, Tremere Dyke, uh, Skylar Bell, and a couple others have entered the transfer portal. So – they're down a, a decent number, but they're not Florida State. You know, they're they're not these teams that are depleted, and so I think it sets up for an interesting game, especially since Tanner Mordecai, starting quarterback, is playing for them. Yes, uh, Braylon Allen is the biggest one, right? I mean, for each team, whether it's Jaden Daniels or Braylon Allen, that's the best player on the team. So you you start from there with each team will have their you know premier yeah. piece on offense. From listening to Luke Fickle, I could tell that losing the starting center was a big deal and that they were having to bring along a guy across the past 14, 15 practices, the bowl practices that you get that had not had any experience this year playing. So he said, well, that's good for his future. I don't yeah. know how that lines up for right now. What, you can tell it, that Fickle. Is it a, uh, is Jake Renfro starting for them this in this one? Is that who it is? Is it Renfro? Is, it might be. Because Renfro didn't play all year last year, and they didn't play all year this year, I believe it was, because he was injured. And then I think he was he was on the depth chart if he is starting. Again, we're not Wisconsin Rice, but uh, that was the whole thing. I was like, oh, Jake Renfro, the guy that LSU was pushing, a lot of teams were pushing for, but he didn't play yeah. all year. And then he's, um, I don't know, in the mix, I guess, to, to be starting center for them, which still is hard. So it is Renfro, uh, transferred in from Cincy, missed all of last year with injury, missed a bit of this year at the start of the year with injury. Um, and then, as Fickle said, it kind of just didn't pan out for him to play a lot this year. But with the starting center moving on, Renfro gets the nod there. So a guy who has played a lot of football, it was at Cincinnati, but he's been injured these past two years. And like I said, I could, I could tell from Fickle's media presser uh, when he and Brian Kelly were together that that – Braylon Allen's a big deal, but to lose your starting center was was a very big deal to to them and a team that prides himself obviously on being very physical and very good up front. When you lose that guy who's in the middle, that's kind of helping Mordecai out, um, you know, calling out the blitzes and everything else and different protections. Uh, that's a big deal. So 
Um, I will note too, the backup running back is someone that when we talked to the guys on defense said, Hey, look, this kid from the tape we've seen, I'm still pretty good. So I think even, I don't mean to discredit Brandon Allen at all, because as you said, he's going to be one of the top running backs taken in the draft. Running back still a position where you can lose a guy and like that next guy can step up and still have some success. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, and let's be real. Teams have run on LSU this year. So <laughs> yes, with yes. worse running backs than Braylon Allen. Yes. And um, who knows? Tana Mordecai could even start running on them. I wouldn't be shocked. Are you, all. do you think, what's your biggest deal here? The, that it's Braylon Allen. Yeah, Braylon Allen is—he's the engine for this offense. He 181 carries, uh, five and a half yards per carry. Um, even with this offense of Wisconsin, which we can transition into Wisconsin offense versus LSU defense, this Wisconsin offense, even though they have become, I guess you know they're not what they were ten years ago or six years ago, where it was handing the ball off to all these great running backs they had. Um, they still have only thrown the ball. I think Tanner Mordecai is only passing for about 185 yards per game when he's in, when he's in the nine games that he's played. So it's not like he's lighting it up. Uh, they are throwing the ball around 30 times or so uh, a game with him. So they are being a little bit more balanced, but at the end of the day, it's Wisconsin. They need to run the ball. Well, they need Braylon Allen to be their engine and he's an NFL back. And without him, I struggle to see where Wisconsin really goes for for consistent yards. But then you get to the LSU side of things, and you want to say, hey, they've had 14 bowl practices. They have everybody healthy, including Makai Wingo. Uh, yes, they've lost a couple of transfers uh, in, in like the back end as far as depth chart goes, but ultimately their starters are there, the seniors are there, everybody's there they should be able to slow down this Wisconsin team. And when you look at Wisconsin, I think there's a lot of ways to compare them to like um, an Auburn or, you know, other teams that maybe weren't quite able to punch LSU in the face. But I'm not afraid of this Wisconsin offense, but you hesitate at any point to say LSU's defense is going to be – able to really shut that shut them down after Texas A&M scored 30 with a third string quarterback on them yeah I and mean, Tanner Mordecai is not well not a third string quarterback this is a guy who's been around for what like seven years six seven yeah. years now I mean he was he was Kyler Murray's backup at Oklahoma that was however long ago now and then didn't beat him out didn't beat out Jalen Hurts didn't beat out Spencer Rattler and then went to SMU we should have had Billy on the pot he could have just I was given gonna us say Tanner Mordecai break die, uh, breakdown. Spent some time at SMU, and then obviously uh, now at uh, now at Wisconsin. So we'll be curious to see. I mean, that's an experienced quarterback who's been around a long time, and as you noted, much worse quarterbacks uh, have had success on LSU. So it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. And I will say this on the D two though, then from talking to Whit Weeks, from talking to a couple other guys on defense, Greg Penn, who's probably one of the leaders of this defense they are coming into this game with a real chip on their shoulder. Like they've had to sit on it for a month that their defense was the reason that this team didn't get into a bigger bowl or didn't have more success or doesn't already have 10 wins, which even the Ole Miss game, if you take that one off the board, you're already sitting at 10 and two, you probably would have been in a New Year's Day, New Year's Six Bowl. You could, I could just tell from listening to them that they are locked in on this one. So I don't know how much changes Maddie B over a month that you know didn't change week to week, 
but it was very obvious that this defense did a lot of film watching, did a lot of self-scouting and realized, hey, look, we've got, we're the ones who need to really elevate our game. So I'm interested to see if this defense doesn't come out and look, look a little bit better than they have all season. Yeah, I, I, I do think that is a possibility here. Like, we've seen this, and I mean, I've, on final lines, for those who have been follow, following my final, final lines, I've been, uh, I was right on Mississippi State, team total under, Army, Auburn, uh, Georgia State. Like, there have been games where LSU's defense has uh, been good against those bad offenses. Now, does Wisconsin fall into that category? I I don't know. I don't know. So that's why I'm not like that's not my play of the week is Wisconsin team total under 22 because I I, I trust Wisconsin enough with Tanner Mordecai and um, that offensive line to maybe score a little bit and and maybe get into 20 get into the 21 range. But uh, still, I think LSU's defense actually sets up well. I don't see them giving up 30 points now. Maybe we can clip this in a week or in two days and be like, hey, Bruni's an idiot because he said they weren't going to score 30 and they scored like 40. But I, I just don't see that happening. No, I'm with you. I don't either. And I do think that their ability to take a month to really see kind of where things were going right and wrong and have some of these younger players. I mean, if you're playing Toviano stamps, these guys, they were thrown in as starters at corner. Might be as true freshman on the back mm-hmm. end. I think giving them 15 practices, as Brian Kelly said, that's a spring ball. I mean, it's smashed into a month and not a month and a half, but you're still going every day for every other day for 15 practices. Those guys grow a lot in that time, especially when they're coming off having played and now saying, okay, come back and play again a month later. I think that for me, I think that this defense does raise the level of play. And look, Makai Wingo is going to play. He's back from injury. Brian Kelly said, and it's something you talked about a lot was that, Wingo was playing hurt, and he had lost that suddenness that he had that really made him different than the other guys in the D-line. And Kelly said that when they've gone through practices and drills that Wingo looks like the guy he did before he was injured, not before the surgery, just before the injury. So that's great news. Mason Smith is here. You've got your corners. You've got your safeties. Um, Again, everyone on defense will be out there. So we're expecting more playing time for Whit Weeks, is what Weeks said. Deshaun Womack will play a good bit. So I think it'll be a nice chance to see a blend of some of the guys who are going to be bigger pieces next year, but also, you know, the defense that's been there with them the whole season. Yeah. For those, yeah, for those looking at, on both sides of the ball, for those looking for, hey, let's go see all of the freshmen, like an all-freshman lineup, that's not going to happen probably until maybe the fourth quarter, if if at all. So, um, but they will work in, like you said, those guys, Kylan Jackson, Jackson Howard, all those guys, we've heard their names um, called throughout the week. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's flip it. LSU's offense uh, versus Wisconsin's defense. Clearly, Wisconsin throughout the year has been more of a, a defensive team. I believe I looked it up. Their EPA is top 30 in the country defensively. Let me find it. Uh, 38th overall um, in defense, defensive EPA. So much better, much better on that side of the ball. The schedule... Like, if you look through it, they haven't scored 30 since September 22nd, uh, but they've been able to win games over Illinois and um, Rutgers, a 24-13 win there. Uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, their wins. I think the biggest question here for LSU is, how does Garrett Nussmeyer look? And this is what three years of hype and question marks have come down to, even if it is only a bowl game and we have all of next year to look at him, this is going to kind of set the tone for 
the off season for a lot of LSU fans. So I'm expecting him to have a good game. I don't think he'll be perfect. I do not think he'll be Jaden Daniels. I think there will be some bumps. I think he pro- he'll probably throw an interception. But ultimately, <coughs> they have enough talent. I think he's going to have a pretty good game, probably surpass like 300 yards and uh, two or three touchdowns. I think that, too, if you look at Nussmar's, like, stat line, eight touchdowns, six picks. So for every couple touchdowns he's throwing, he's throwing at least a pick. You know, you know it averages to more than that. That's the gunslinger mentality that I think he had as a backup. I don't think he comes into this one with that. From talking to Garrett, we got a chance to sit down and talk with him. And then hearing Brian Kelly this week, it sounds like kind of that in his mind, something has shifted and it's like, okay, I'm not the backup anymore. I can't just go in there and throw it deep. And it doesn't really matter because we're up. He knows, hey, this is from the, you know, the first play of the game. It's in my hands. I think we'll see a little bit more. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but a more reserved here at Nussmeyer who isn't taking risks and is trying to say, hey, look, I'm going to play within this offense. I know that my shots will come. I think they'll really come against a team like this where they've got Malik Neighbors, they've got Brian Thomas, they've got Kyron Lacey, like his receivers are all there. He's got the O-line, he's got Logan Diggs back. You've got Josh Williams and Caleb Jackson and all your running backs. So I think that if he just plays within the offense, he'll be fine. From talking to him, it, it seems like he, he's carrying a little bit of confidence right now, some quiet confidence that I'm going to go out and play well. And Brian Kelly said, look, he's walking around the building a little bit differently now, knowing that Jaden's handed him the, the reins here. So I'm with you. I think this could be a 300-yard passing game for him perhaps. But I also, and again, clip it if I'm wrong, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't turn it over. I think that this is a game where he is going to be a much more dialed in on not turning it over then those games when he got to come in as a backup or whatever, and was like, I'm going to sling it, and that's just what I do. And, th- yeah, this is very different. As much as I laud and applaud the, his performance against Georgia last year, this is a very different situation than that where last year against Georgia, you're losing. You know, you really don't have anything to lose. You can just sling these 60-yard passes here, and if they're completed, great. If not, uh, whatever. Um, I do think, like, that game shows the arm talent, but that game doesn't show – he's prepared to be a full-time starter. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference in that. In that, And he's played great against Purdue. And to, and to your narrative, yeah. I don't think that either throwing him in with 12 minutes left at Bama when you're trying to come back oh, from no. a deficit is like that's what you're going to see from Garrett Nussmeyer. I think that no. was a very difficult spot to go into. So, again, much like with the defense, a month to prepare knowing he's the starter – and then going out there from the first snap is completely different than any situation he's ever been in. Light year is different. Uh, but, look, Brian Kelly said, look, there's there's pressure on him in this game to win. They want to get to 10 wins. They want to do all these, you know, benchmarks that a win would hit. And he said that of guys like Garrett Nussbauer are built for these type of moments, big lights. He played big-time high school football in Texas. He's stuck around here. He's Like you said, he's been in an SEC championship and played. He's been in a bowl game before and played extensively i mean he's got half the reps in last year's bowl game basically uh and then he's been on the road at bama in crunch time where he got thrown out there this year so i uh, i don't think he's gonna the nerves will be too much for him i think he's gonna play well yeah um like i i asked i was gonna ask i was like what what players are we interested to see offensively and it'll the offensive line is gonna be the offensive line i'm sure yes we'll see some like dj chester and Maybe Tyree Adams or you know other guys sprinkled in there for sure. Uh, the offensive line is is what it is. 
tight end Mason Taylor will play a lot. Mac Markway will play a lot. I do think the one guy who I'm interested to see here is Camorian Pimpton. Uh, in the bowl practices we were able to watch, he got a lot of run in those. So I think Pimpton will be used heavily. And then a receiver, you know, we're going to be able to see the the freshman receivers. Those are the ones, Shelton Sampson, Kyle Parker, Jalen Brown. Uh, we'll see what Kai Prion's doing if he's on offense or defense. But uh, overall, I think those guys are – Everybody else, everything else is known about the offense for the most part, besides Nussmeyer. Uh, those are the guys I'm interested to watch. This could be a big Mason Taylor game. I mean, that he was a guy who wasn't used a ton by Jaden this season, but you know, could be a guy that Nussmeyer uses a good bit as kind of a that safety valve to kind of drop off yep. whenever it's not there and he doesn't want to risk, you know, a pass deep or whatever it might be. Um, but I'm also going to say if this game's close, I think the personnel looks a lot like it did all season. It's going to be your starters. It's going to be then Garrett. And then it would be what Kyron and BT and Malik. And I know there's the thought and I'm fine with it that Malik needs what 20, 30 yards to break LSU's all-time receiving record. He's a projected first round pick. You would get that number and then would sit. I think if this game's close, Matty B in the fourth quarter, he's still playing. I bet he goes back out there. Like I can't see him sitting on the bench if that game were tight late in the game. Yeah. Same with same with Brian Thomas. It's gonna that's gonna be the interesting thing here is is will how long will they play? Um, if it's a blowout, I don't I don't want Malik Davis sure. to play past for sure. whenever he breaks the record. I mean, we'll see the scores at halftime. Yeah, sure. We'll see the scores at halftime. I I think I think LSU gets control of this game fairly early, so I don't think we'll have to worry about it too too much. But yeah, it is an interesting thought. All right, you want to hit add and then uh, give our predictions? Yeah, well, you it's a preview prediction pod, so you all know what it is. It's game time. Download the game time app and redeem with the code TIGERS. If you see it on the screen there on YouTube, T-I-G-E-R-S, and you get 20 bucks off your first order. Terms apply. That's TIGERS, T-I-G-E-R-S, 20 bucks off your first order. Download the game time app, create an account. Use that promo code uh, if you haven't already. That'll help you out uh, as you get your first tickets, whether it is sports, music, comedy shows, theater. It doesn't matter. Game time's got everything. Uh, And I looked up before the game. I'm actually using my phone to do this podcast right now, so I can't do my normal. Oh, that's a great uh, quality. I didn't know you were doing it on your phone. Maybe I should just switch over to my phone permanently. Wow. Yeah, they're looking good today, Matty. Crazy. Uh, So I can't do my normal, like, hold it up and then show you the map, and then it flips, and y'all actually don't get to see anything, uh, which is my go-to move with game time usually. Uh, but I did look before we got on. Tons of tickets still available. So if you're in the Tampa area, or if you're already down here and you haven't gotten tickets yet, uh, hop on game time. Uh, a lot of tickets left. Prices are dropping. Uh, they'll have flash deals up, last-minute ticket deals, which I you know a lot of people are using to go watch uh, the Lightning play down here this week to go see the Saints play on Sunday. There you go. Maddie B's got it up. The Pelicans uh, game, though. <laughs> Pels, NBA, anything you want, game time's got it. So, um, yeah, if, you, if you're coming down to Tampa or in the area and you have not bought tickets yet, game time has a ton of tickets on there, and they will drop even more uh, before kickoff. So check out the last-minute deals, whatever it might be, uh, and get on game time. Promo code TIGERS, 20 yeah. bucks off. It's it's Lakers at Pelicans tonight, so it's a little more Uh-oh. pricey, a little bit more pricey than the normal one to go see LeBron and AD against Zion. Okay, um, game ball predictions. Yeah, um, offense. Ooh boy, um, it's hard not to say Garrett Nussmeyer, right? I mean, if oh, the yeah, offense yeah. does well, wouldn't it be Garrett Nussmeyer? Yes. 
Or would yeah. it be Logan Dick? Now, or, the, you know? Yeah, the question, the, the hard part, and I, I wrote about this in my final line story, which is out now. Go check that out. Is like when, when looking at the props, it's like, all right, well, how much is everybody going to play here? Like, I, I would love to take Malik and Brian, but like like we said, if, if they're up sure, like 25 at halftime, then I, they're yeah. not playing the second half. So it's like, all right. But I do think both will hit some a big play each. So, and that goes back to Garrett Osmeyer. So um, I think he's the ultimate like safe pick. If you want like a, Let's do like one sleeper pick here of a big game from All somebody. Right. I'm gonna. You're about to go way off the radar. Pick a starter at least, Maddie B. Okay, okay, okay. No, don't pick whatever you want. No, <laughs> okay, don't. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take. I I think, I, I in practice, Kamorian Pimpton was getting a lot of run. He was. I now we've. A bit before, I think coming into season, we were like, "Hey, he's gonna have like three or four catches, touchdown catches here." He hasn't quite done it, but they haven't needed him. And maybe if Malik and Brian Thomas don't come out in the second half, they might need him. Throw him out there in the slot, maybe throw a slot fade up to him. A Kamari Pimpton touchdown reception. What, what odds can I get that at on 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 the sports books? I'm probably pretty good odds, and he hasn't done it yet. So that's gotta be, be like plus seven hundred. Oh yeah, you'll get plus odds for sure. Big plus odds on that. Okay, my pick if it weren't Nussmeyer would be Brian Thomas. I think he goes over 100. I think he has multiple touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great for BT. Like, to, and his draft stock just continue to rise. Um, yeah, that'll be great. Defensively, this one is even more challenging. It's a Wisconsin team that's pretty balanced. Tanner Mordecai. I'm going to go with – here, you go first, actually. You go first. I'm going to go with Harold Perkins. I think that across this month, they have certainly found a way to say we like the role that he's played, but how do we dial up the pressure? And I think on a, on a player like Mordecai without Braylon Allen in that run game, if they have to drop back and throw more, that a guy like Harold Perkins could get home some. So if they do dial up some more pressure with Perkins, I think he could have a really big game. So I'll go Perkins. Wit Weeks. Wit Weeks. There you go. Wit Weeks. I don't know how many TFLs, but I think he's just going to make a couple plays. We're like, oh. That guy is a starting yeah. linebacker next year. It uh, it was funny listening to Weeks because the fans watch it and say he looks so much better than the starter and he should be playing the whole time. And then we got to talk to Weeks and he was a lot like Womack. He's like, man, he's real country, so I won't do his accent, his Watkinsville, Georgia accent. But he basically was like, man, that first half of the season, I would get out there and just look at Greg Penn and be like, what do I do on this play again? And Greg Penn would have to be like, this isn't Greg Penn. was like, look, I was there once with Damone Clark when I got out there and was yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but you just saw that natural athleticism and the football instincts and what weeks take over. But he said, look, now he says, I'm confident. I know that in the off season, I'll have so much more time to lock in on my role and all that. And then next year start along, presumably start alongside Greg Penn. So I like the pick, but I will also say that weeks is unlike many fans, not upset that he didn't play or start a lot because he was like, man, trust me, half the time I'd, I'd get out there and have no clue what to do and would just have to see ball get ball. Yeah. I love the honesty. I love the honesty. Um all right. I like prediction the pick. Okay, weeks weeks and perk. Weeks and perk. Okay. Weeks and, weeks and perk. Prediction for the game. Uh Billy and I both have ours in the staff prediction piece. So yeah, where did go Billy far. go? Billy went thirty seven twenty seven LSU. Okay. And you yours was a bit more skewed. Mine's a lot more skewed. I, I think LSU comes into this game the look. Opt-outs and motivation are the two biggest things in bowl game. That's why people are scared to bet bowl games. That's why they're scared to pick bowl games. Um, LSU checks those boxes. 
very few or no opt-outs, really. Jaden Daniels is in the draft, and uh, Lance Hurd didn't travel. Other than that, everybody's there. And then motivation slash buy-in, I think, with this team is very, very high. Now, they're not playing Purdue last year where opt-outs right. and motivation were <clears throat> major questions. Wisconsin is actually a well-coached football team. Luke Fickle knows what he's doing. Tanner Mordecai, they have good leadership on that team, so – it's not the same situation as last year. No, Purdue right. had Drew Brees on the sidelines coaching. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. But this is a totally different game. Fickle and that staff are all there and they're coaching. Yes. So I expect it to be more competitive. With that being said, I think LSU has more talent than Wisconsin in this game. I think well, uh, Brian, Brian Kelly is has this team completely locked in and bought in on this 10th win really, really matters. I think Eric Nussmeyer is ready for the spotlight, even if he's not perfect. Um and I think it says a lot that Malik and Brian Thomas are playing in this game. I think that says a ton about this team and a ton about what they want to accomplish, even if they only play a quarter or two. Like, that doesn't matter. That's a big, big um, representation of where this team and program's at. So uh, I think LSU rolls. I think LSU scores in the 40s. Give me 45 to 20 LSU. Ooh, I'm going 37-24. I think that... And to me, that equates to, I think they'll score four touchdowns, but I think that they'll also kick more field goals than they had this season, just naturally, because Daniels would just bail them out of everything. Yep. That's not going to yep. happen good point. this game. So give me four touchdowns, three field goals, which That's scoring it. seven times on maybe 10 drives would be pretty successful if Garrett Nussmeyer can pull that off. So 37, 34, something in that range, but I don't think Wisconsin gets above 24. Yeah. You, you were saying 30, clip that. I'm... Clip me. I don't think they're getting above 24 in this game. I agree. I agree. Um, it, we could spend a whole podcast, and we will probably spend a whole podcast, on the differences between Garrett Nussmeyer next year and Jane Daniels this year. And like you said, obviously, Daniels, like, the running ability makes them so tough to stop in the red zone, like on third yes. downs. They were number one in the country in all these statistical categories. And now it's, all right, how do we get those tough yards, those, you know, first and goal from the seven type plays um that's gonna be really interesting so i do like that point of maybe them having to settle for a few field goals here you know if we forgot to do a special teams uh mvp uh prediction but uh it would be ramos for me because i think he actually gets a little bit more action than he does normally when the offense just goes down and scores touchdowns every single time so ramos would be my pick yeah i'm not taking bramblett i don't even know who's going to be the punt kick returner it's funny going out watching practices. They still have like four guys returning punts, just rotating guys in like a Jalen Brown and, and Kyle Parker yeah. and those guys. So they're still fielding punts. They're just maybe for next year, I guess. And they've got that one. That's probably Xavier Thomas, the Mississippi yes. State transfer. Uh, yeah. But 37-24 would be a cover and an over, which I believe is would be an over. Yeah, 61. Right? Okay. Yeah. So – LSU hitting the overs all season long. That'll continue, I think. Hey, final lines, pick of the week. It's already out, so go check it out on the site. But pick of the week, um, LSU minus 10. Now, oh, now I will, say, I will say, Shay, I will say, Shay, I will say, I should have texted you, but, like, I think when Jaden Daniels opted out, it got to 7.5. That's when I bet it. <laughs> that's okay. when I took Smart. it. I was like, all Smart. right. Seven and a half, y'all are crazy. I'll take it. And if it goes down even lower, I'll take it again. But that, that's what uh, I got it at. 
Okay, I like that. I still like 10 probably too. Yeah, I, I, I don't think this is going to be anything like, again, I agree with you. This isn't Purdue last year. That team had nobody on the team and the coaches were all gone. This is a good Wisconsin team that is missing some pieces. But when you ran down earlier, those list of wins, none of those jump out at me as something crazy. Like as LSU season went on, hell, that Missouri win looked better and better and better as LSU season went on. So I, uh, I don't think this is a, a matchup, especially – the physicality, and we go this whole podcast not talking about it, I, from talking to the players down here, if they could use one word, they said after so, watching Wisconsin, it was physicality. So they know they have to match that. I think that they can. I think what is the difference in games like this is the speed and athleticism. And LSU's got that in spades compared to a team like Wisconsin. And that's just how the rosters are built. So if LSU can match the physicality, I think the speed is, is a difference maker in this one. And that's what separates these two in the end. Yep. All right. Um, that's what we got for y'all today. Um, this we're recording this on Sunday morning, so we'll get this out. Give y'all about twenty four hours to digest this before the game and uh, eleven a.m. kickoff Central Time, twelve uh, p.m. Uh, Eastern Time will be the first game of yeah. a big day for college football, where the two playoff games are right after it. So wake up, eat your breakfast, turn on. LSU versus Wisconsin, and um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, Shay, that's, anything else? Hey, that's the goal to be playing on the day the semis are played, just in the, the other games. Yeah, just in the wrong games. games. All right, sure. well, um, Shay will keep us updated from Tampa. He'll be there, he'll be live and ready to report anything. And um, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Leave us a like, comment, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. We'll be back with, uh, obviously, our consistent post-game post podcast, everything recruiting podcast. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned, and we'll talk to you later. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.